Very good. We're still uh, broadcasting from yeah. the uh, Trees and Utilities Conference on the trade show floor. And uh, we are excited right now to have Jason Grossman with us. Uh, Jason, I appreciate your taking the time. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yeah, thanks, fellas, for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, it's been a pretty good conference. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great presentations and a lot of great connections and and sharing going on. Yeah, well, good, good. So before we get started, can you just give us a little bit about uh, you and about your uh, the company you're working for, what you do? Yeah, I'm uh, the manager of vegetation management for Liberty Utilities in the Central Region. Uh, I've been there for 15 years uh, in house, and then two years as a contractor as well. That's where I got my my feet wet in the utility vegetation management industry. Uh, really liked it quite a bit, uh, just kind of grew on me. And, uh, over the years I progressed, uh, from distribution coordinator into transmission coordinator and then eventually the manager of the program. Okay. So That's you're awesome. manager over T and D now? Yes. Okay. Uh, we got about 1200 miles of transmission and, uh, six or 5,400 miles of, uh, distribution. Okay, good. This week, you joined an elite crowd uh, by uh, receiving the right-of-way steward accreditation uh, recognition. And uh, congratulations. I know how hard that is. So uh, congratulations. congratulations. Thanks, guys. That's Uh, a big deal. Yeah, uh, definitely a great uh, program to be a part of and uh, just uh, continuing to push the industry forward. Yeah. So tell us a little bit, why did you seek the accreditation? I think it was kind of a validation of our program. We've been working hard and doing a lot of uh, unique things on our system, and uh, this was just a way for us to uh, signify to our upper management and say, hey, uh, we've done a great job. We're getting an award. Uh, it's also helping us on our sustainability reporting, um, and it's just a great, uh, great recognition for uh, the stewardship of managing right-of-ways. Yeah. yeah it's not easy to get, though, is it? Uh, no, it's not. Um, Golly, uh, I'd almost say it's probably been the culmination of several years to get to this point. Uh, we we struggled early on when I started. We were in heavy reclamation mode, and uh, we've really fine-tuned our program uh, through data analysis, uh, just visual observations, readjusting and, and maintaining and uh doing pretty cool stuff, I think. Yeah, good. Oh, that's so how has management responded to the recognition? They like it, uh, especially our environmental team. They've really pushed that message and uh, promoted it, uh, press releases, just it's been really good. Very positive feedback from upper management. One of the uh, things I've noticed most consistent about right-of-way stewards is how they engage. The, it's not just the VM department. Uh, they actively engage environmental and the lands department. And, uh, yep, we've got a good uh, environmental uh, department, land management, and even our procurement department uh, is in, involved in the strategy that we have for contracts. So it's a great process. Jason, tell us a little bit about the specific geographic footprint that you're responsible for and some of the localized challenges that you have to deal with from a vegetation management perspective. The southwest quarter of Missouri is kind of where we occupy, but we also go into Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. So we have some regulatory uh, requirements from all four states, which is always fun. Uh, We base most of our stuff out of Missouri because that's where the bulk of our customer load is. So So you're kind of neighbors to Ameren, basically, right? Uh, I, yeah, there's a little bit of separation between us and Ameren, okay. but uh, KCPNL, we bought up to them, or ah. not KCPNL, Evergy now. Yeah. Uh, and then down in uh, AEP for oh, right. Northeast Oklahoma. Okay. Oh, very interesting. So to explain that, uh, the geographic area or the ecosystem in there. When I think of Missouri, uh, Kansas, I think of the flat grasslands, but I don't think that's this area, is it? 
Well, uh, a little bit. So we, we go into some prairie area. Uh, just on the flatness, there was a guy from a community college in Kansas who did an electron scanning micrograph of a pancake. And the, the little micro ridges in the pancake, he extrapolated that up to the actual size of Kansas and determined that Kansas was actually flatter than a pancake. But <laughs> it is fairly hilly. Uh, there's some ravines and, and, and some mountain ranges, too. We're in that prairie area and where the Ozark Mountains kind of meet. So if you ran a diagonal line from the southwest corner to the northeast corner, uh, the north half of that would be prairie. South half is going to be Ozark Mountains. Okay, good. So how big a team do you have running this? We currently have three. I have an office coordinator and a distribution coordinator, or two distribution coordinators east and west. Okay. And your background, where did before you were in utility veg management? Well, I did a, I graduated from Oklahoma State uh, in 2005, and I did a short stint on a fish farm, kind of managing aquatic vegetation management, which came into play a little bit wow. uh, last month uh, when we, we started talking with the generation side. They're having some issues, but uh, pretty much just straight from uh, college into vegetation management. And like I said, I liked it, so I stuck around and yeah. hung out. So in College? Yeah. Have you ever heard of utility? Yeah, no, I, I hadn't. Uh, I got a degree in environmental science, and it was nestled under the forestry department. But most of that was timber production, civiculture, uh, dendrology, uh, just that kind of stuff. And I just kind of stumbled into it by accident. And then in Missouri, we had an ice storm in 2008. They came down with some legislation, and that kind of forced a lot of the IOUs in the state at that time to expand their vegetation management department and, and get on a cycle. Uh, start to uh, kind of maintain things a lot better than what they had. You know, the right away stewardship award and that acknowledgement and recognition, like there's not that many utilities in the U S that have secured that. So you're, you're obviously kind of on this high, you know, goals for your program. Now, you know, you obviously strike me as somebody that's like continuing to refine the program and tighten things. What are some of the things that you want to continue to focus on to bring improvement to the, to the way you guys approach the system. We're really getting into data analytics, and um, it's really fine-tuning our program at this point. We've, we've got all the low-hanging fruit. We're looking for that 1% and 2% improvements. Um, we've, we've started a monitoring program for biodiversity where we're checking that, and then we're also comparing it to the maintenance activities that we did. Okay. So we've got three years' worth of data now, and uh, we're starting to see some interesting trends. Uh, okay. Three years obviously doesn't really tell us a whole lot. There could be a lot of different uh, yep. variables in that. But I think if we can get that set up and maintain that long term, um, I'd really like to have more examples of burns and brambles across the country. I mean, that's the mecca for vegetation management, but is it repeatable in other regions and other areas and other ecosystems? So uh, that, that's kind of where I'd like to take that and just see what we can do and, and figure out what or how our management activities are affecting biodiversity. Tell us about the biodiversity reporting. Are you uh, participating with others or is that an internal thing? It's an internal deal. As part of the award, we've done a lot of training with our contractors. So now they're really educated and knowledgeable in identifying species and knowing what we want to target and what we want to keep. Um, and that targeted application on the herbicide is really helping with the biodiversity numbers and figuring out uh, what, we, what we have as a baseline and then being able to compare that. So it's a, we've got set locations around on our system, on our transmission system. We're inventorying those the year before maintenance, so a year zero. And then we're skipping the year of maintenance and we're going back and inventorying them year two, year three, year four, year five on a six-year cycle so that we'll have that continual data to build on. Same spot, same location every year at the, around the same time. 
So how many sites are you doing? Uh, we're trying to get to six a year. Uh, well, we've got six a year, but we're continually ramping up every year. We add on to another yeah, one. So good. we're on year three or year four. Sorry. Uh, four times six is 24. 24. Yeah. <laughs> we've got yeah. 24 sites currently. We've also got a few others around where we're doing substations. We've stopped mowing there. Uh, we've uh, converted that into a pollinator habitat through the bee and butterfly habitat fund. Uh, so we're doing a lot of basically trying to get out of doing some work by putting flowers in. So <laughs> let the plants do it for you. Right. Uh, we, we spend a lot of money mowing around substations and we can just go out there and plant flowers and let them grow and, and be uh, very influential in the pollinator habitat. Yeah, good. How active are you in communicating with the utilities and in, in other utilities in your region um, and sharing sort of best practices? Um, is that something that you're able to do and even within liberty like some of your counterparts in other parts of the country like oh yeah yeah, you guys Uh, have a lot of good cross communication currently we 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 have been meeting monthly with my other counterparts in new hampshire and in tahoe uh that's switched to weekly with some other stuff that's going on uh integration wise and then we also have a regional meeting with a lot of the co-ops in our area so pretty much the whole southwest missouri we're going to get together two weeks from now have a meeting discuss a lot of stuff and then uh, regionally with the other IOUs in the area, uh, we have an annual meeting. And, you know, most of us in the state of Missouri, we're pretty good buddies. We, we come to these shows, we hang out, we drink beer. Uh, so we have a pretty good relationship there. And anytime we need something, we can just call up and say, hey, what That's are you guys great. doing about this? Yeah. So it's, it's a good region to be in. Uh, everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, I just met a guy today. His counterpart retired. Uh, and he's the new manager at Independence Power and Light. So, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Everybody knows everybody. It's friendly. It's a great industry, isn't it? It is. And so it, very open to sharing. Yeah, your neighboring co-ops probably don't have the resources you guys have. So, are you willing to share with them and help them and guide them in IVM? Yeah, uh, we're actually working on kind of a deal where we can share contractors around there. I don't know that it's it's necessarily going to work out great, but I think when we have. Uh, a vendor that's servicing an area, there's more resources available to share amongst. Yeah. So if we need to take some crews for a while or we need to shift some off, we've actually done that with uh, one of the municipalities in the area. We share some vendors, and occasionally they have budget issues and they need to get rid of them, and sometimes we have budget issues and we need to shift them over. So yeah. it's great having uh, those same vendors and having that relationship to be able to, to manipulate stuff as you need. Yeah, and a lot of coordination to make that happen, but that's a cool idea. Well, most of it's just, hey, I need to get rid of these crews for a month. Can you take them? <laughs> nah, I can take them for two weeks. All right, take them. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's pretty easy. It's uh, there's a little bit. Of, it's a little bit more complicated, but uh, fairly simple from that aspect. In your history and in your footprint, have you been tasked with any kind of like major challenges? Like obviously, the conditions in Hawaii and California and Florida. They're more storm hit. I'm got. I'm guessing tornadoes maybe are a part of your your kind of challenge or yeah. So we had uh, the tornado that hit Joplin in 2011, and that one was pretty devastating yeah. uh, from a rebuild perspective. Uh, psychologically, yeah, terrible, devastating. Um, ice but, is ice a big thing there. I, so I was just telling somebody we haven't had an ice storm in a while. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, I think 2007, uh, that was when we had two in the same year. And that's what led the state of Missouri to come through with a lot of the regulations in 2008 that I mentioned earlier. So, uh, tornadoes, fires don't really affect us a whole lot. You get a little further out into Oklahoma. They do have some, uh, wildfire issues out there. Uh, we've actually used prescribed burning to manage some vegetation on the right of way. So, uh, we, we see it as a tool. It's not, you know, the one and only, but, uh, it's got its place. Oh, interesting. So, like, 
Is it difficult for you to add anybody to your team from the University of Oklahoma? It is for me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when I started, there was a lineups manager and uh, down in Neosho. He had a little shrine of OU, and I walked in, and I, I had to give him crap just right off the start. I was like, oh, eh, you know, that's the second best school in the state. And, uh <laughs> He nice. kind of was like, what? What are you talking about? I was like, eh, I went to OSU. But uh, <laughs> luckily, I had a high school buddy who played for OU. So uh, oh, he was kidding. like, oh, yeah, great. Uh, so we had, we, it's probably. You've been able to bridge the gap. A I, I was. I bridged the gap with him. So uh, it worked out all right. But yes, I do have that difficulty. It seems like customers who are OU fans uh, typically <laughs> <laughs> yeah. might give us a bit more of a problem. But I think you mentioned in your journey, at one point, I think you own distribution, then you own transmission, and now you own both for your region. You know, at, at, is that the pinnacle point for someone f- with your background? What would be the next step? Like, what do you report into power delivery? Like, what is the what is the next step for an advancement for someone who's essentially owning that part of the portfolio? Ah, uh, well, that's a really good question. You know, we've or I've branched out to the gas operations, so uh, we've been doing some work uh, on our northern states. We're also, or not northern states, northern part of Missouri. Um, we're also looking at the east part. We've got some lines that run pretty much from the Boot Hill uh, up towards St. Louis and Ameren. Um, and then we've got some other little operations in Iowa, I think a little bit in Illinois as well. Uh, so that, that's an interesting frontier, I think, that is, is a new one, a challenge for me. Uh, I did mention, too, that uh, the generation side has reached out to us down at uh, Lake Tenicomo. They've got some aquatic vegetation issues. Yep. Uh, so they're, they're seeking some help. They've got a pretty good plan put together. And uh, like I said, I started out in fisheries management, doing vegetation management there. So that's been a nice kind of – Oh, that's – yeah, that's The cool. synapses are firing in the brain yeah. from 20-plus years ago. So yeah. uh, that's good, too. Oh, very cool. Okay. You're still in fisheries management? You fish on weekends? I don't and, fish nearly yeah. as much as I used to. But, yes, I used to go every weekend, and I could count the number of weekends I didn't go on one hand, and now I count the number of weekends I do go on one hand. So, do you mind, kids. Uh, do you mind sharing uh, a little career guidance for maybe some of our younger viewers who are starting out their careers in vegetation management? Um, you know, how would you guide them? You know, how would you, you know, how would you steer them, guide them? How would you encourage them? I would say find your passion. Uh, There's something in vegetation management, whether it's working outdoors, doing the numbers, technology. Uh, If you had asked me 15 years ago if we'd be working with artificial intelligence, robot mowers, uh, just augmented reality, prescribed burns, uh, there's a niche in vegetation management somewhere for everybody, and it's finding that passion and then just exploring it, being curious. I like that. It's great. Good. We've been asking everybody that, and it's, uh, you know, this idea that you can't plan it out, you know, just to look for the opportunities, the things you're interested in, and go for it. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I, I think if you did try and plan it out, there's always something that's going to throw a monkey wrench in it, or yeah. you, you have to adjust. Uh, I don't know that I ever was one of those people that just planned, and I definitely didn't plan on coming into utility vegetation management. It just kind of landed in my yeah. lap, and I, I liked it and pursued it, and... uh yeah, I'm here today. How would you, um, you know, your footprint, obviously, is, you have a different problem set to solve than someone in California, Florida, Italy, right? Yeah. But if I just, I said, Jason, I'm taking you and I'm dropping you in, a, you know, a hot wildfire zone and you've got to, you're now running transmission and distribution and you've got to now get your arms around that and fix it and deal with it, etc. Is that something that excites you exploring your discipline, but with a different set of conditions? 
Yes. So I, I like I like, <laughs> like the cha- yes. yeah, I like the challenges, but yeah. uh there's there's so many variables that go into that. It's like what kind of resources do you have to be able to manage that? Yep. Um and then everybody's got an opinion right too. So I'm really good about sharing my opinions even when they're not asked for. <laughs> yeah, good. But good for you. uh I think a lot of times you kind of have to remove yourself as well, step back and take a look at the situation, look at what's been done, and then kind of figure out, okay, what what's the real problem? What do we need to do? How do we get there? Yep. So, yes, I would like it. It would be a challenge, and uh, I think it would be interesting to do that. Are you guys thinking about having a reality show or something? Where yeah. you transport <laughs> yeah, that's Force actually or? a great idea. <laughs> um, do you ever um, communicate with your alma mater? You know, I think you said you had an environmental science background? Yeah. A degree? Um, and go back and, and work with the professors and, and introduce maybe like an elective that says, hey, as part of environmental science or as part of this discipline, here's a path and here's a subject matter we should be getting you guys thinking about. Is there any of that sort of relationship with the school? So oddly enough, Oklahoma State did start a utility vegetation management class a few years ago. Come on. And uh, I'd heard that through the grapevine. I, I haven't participated in it, but I did think about reaching out and saying, hey, do you need a guest speaker or somebody? To come oh, down? Yeah. I'd like to go down and eat at Eskimo Joe's again and yeah. have some cheese fries. So. <laughs> nice. I really would like to encourage everybody out there. You know, we have an industry that we all love. But not very many of us go back and do that. So right. I think we ought to go back and then share that with the kids coming out college now. Yeah, and I've seen a couple of videos from Oklahoma State with my uh, advisor on it, too. So I know he's still there, and uh, I'm sure uh, there's a couple of the old, other old professors that were really old when I was there are still teaching as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, well, we Jason, could. it was an absolute pleasure. Congratulations. And uh, really enjoyed our chat. Thanks, fantastic. Thanks for Thanks making for time. I think they're going to kick us out here. Yeah, I know it sounds like it doesn't. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's also the most Jason, unique podcast because we started it with, uh, with glasses, which is awesome. So, That's it for this episode of Trees and Lines, brought to you by Iapetus Holdings. If you like the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments on any of our episodes or ideas for topics or guests, we'd love to hear from you please contact us at treesandlines at iapetusllc.com. We'll chat with you soon.